This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley. Season 5, Episode 14, President Kamala, Debunking a Myth. In an earlier podcast, I explored the conspiracy theories that were swirling around Kamala Harris during the campaign. On the one hand, I don't want to give them any oxygen. But on the other hand, the vice president-elect is proving to be a magnet for some wacky conspiracies. One in particular needs to be addressed and debunked. Namely, that she will very quickly assume the presidency from an ailing or incapacitated president-elect, Joe Biden. Like most such myths, it is a concoction of some fact, mostly fiction, and a big dose of wishful thinking. Here is the theory. Once both she and Joe Biden are inaugurated January 20th, 2021, President Biden will suffer, suffer a health calamity which requires him to step aside as president permanently. But according to the true believers, this was the insidious plan all along. In this podcast, we will explore two cases of presidential incapacity, the powerful women who stepped in to shield the ailing presidents, but effectively they both wielded the power of the presidency and earned the disgust and anger of the American public. We will look at the 25th Amendment, which addresses presidential incapacity and succession, and was referenced by Nancy Pelosi in the October presidential campaign. And we will also look at the Biden family, which continues to surround the president-elect and to protect the family patriarch. Kamala is the real president is a narrative being pushed in the right-wing conspiracy spaces. The Daily Caller, Infowars, and Newsmax have each promoted the usurping President Kamala theory. But the idea is not only on the fringes of politics. President Trump, at a rally in September, presented a scenario where a President Biden was too infirm to do his duties. Quote, I'm getting tired. I'd like to rest, unquote. Trump said, imitating Biden. Quote, I'd like to let Kamala take over as president. Unquote. In a sense, Biden stoked these public doubts himself with his basement bunker campaign during the presidential race. He had a very light campaign travel schedule, and that added to his garbled syntax and unfinished sentences led people to suspect some cognitive decline or incipient dementia, or even the onset of senility. 
And that was in the mind of the public during the campaign. His own health history, he's had two carotid aneurysms and surgery for both of them, which required a seven-month recuperation post-surgery period, confirmed public suspicions about Joe Biden's health. Again, Biden himself fueled the myth when he mistakenly referenced, quote, the Harris-Biden administration, unquote, which conspiracy theorists read as a tacit admission that Harris would be the real president. Of course, Biden went on to say, as most presidential candidates do, that Harris would be ready from day one to be president. But that had extra meaning for some of these conspiracy theorists. President Trump seized on that misstatement and tweeted it out to his followers as a fundraising message. The theory goes on that a newly installed President Harris would appoint Hillary Clinton as vice president under the 25th Amendment. Again, the 25th Amendment deals with presidential succession. Once again, a weaving of fact, the 25th Amendment, which provides for presidential succession, with fanciful fiction, Hillary being appointed by Kamala Harris as the vice president. If Kamala Harris ever had to appoint a vice president, I would imagine the very last person she would look to would be Hillary Clinton. But last week, new oxygen was breathed into this conspiracy theory when Apple got involved. When Apple users asked Siri, which we do all the time, Siri, what is the age of the president? Siri responded with Kamala Harris's age, 55 not President Trump's age of 74 or Joe Biden's age of 77. Siri responded with Kamala Harris's age. For baby boomers who recall the Paul is dead conspiracy that could be heard by playing a Beatles LP backwards, it was all deja vu. But Siri's faux pas added fuel to the conspiracy fire that Harris is the real president. Of course, we know that Siri is not infallible. At least baby boomers know that Siri is not infallible. So why all of this early and often focus on a vice president? The vice presidency is an obscure office and a former FDR vice president, John Nance Garner, Garner, once described it as, quote, not worth a bucket of warm P blank, blank, blank. I'll let you fill in those three blanks. And true, candid Texan tradition, he described the frustration of being vice president and the fact that basically there was no power in the office, which in fact, is the case. The only power that the president, that the vice president has, which is enumerated, is to serve as the president pro tem of the Senate 
and to cast tie-breaking votes in the event that the Senate is uh, that the, the, that Senate votes are tied. Well, of course, Kamala Harris provides a very convenient villain profile. She's a woman, and there has there is a certain misogynistic thread in American politics. It was present during the uh, Sarah Palin vice presidency campaign. It was certainly present during the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. And to a certain extent, it was present during the Kamala Harris vice presidential campaign. Kamala, of course, is also a person of color. And, you know, I'm thinking about women like Ilhan Omar, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, who have uh, who've become extremely unpopular, particularly among the right wing. Uh, they're women, they're people of color, and they're also extreme left wing firebrands in the Democratic Party. And they love, the right wing loves to vilify them. And quite frankly, both Omar, AOC, and Tlaib have given the right wing and have given the conservatives plenty of ammunition. Further, Kamala is the butt of a mini-birtherism controversy, as both, as both of her parents were immigrants. She herself was born in Oakland, California. Further, given the bland and ever-present Biden on the national stage since 1972, 48 years, Kamala is a new, fresh face, somewhat exotic, and relatively unknown person. Her gender also adds to her suspect status for some conspiracist. Two presidential wives come to mind as usurpers of presidential power, namely Edith Wilson and Nancy Reagan. And the American public did not like the fact that Edith Wilson and Nancy Reagan usurped their presidents and their husbands' power. Never mind that Harris was duly elected by 75 million voters on the Biden-Harris ticket. Edith Wilson was the second wife of Woodrow Wilson, who served as president of the United States from 1912 to 1920 during World War I. He had been governor of New Jersey, as well as president of Princeton University. Again, he was a Democrat from New Jersey, and he was the first of the modern global American presidents. Edith served as first lady and effectively became active president after Wilson suffered a series of debilitating strokes. She was born in 1872, and she died in December 1961. The West Virginia native married a jewelry store owner, 12 years her, her senior, and she was widowed. But she had a very ambitious business sense, and she ended up meeting and falling in love with Woodrow Wilson. She quickly became the trusted advisor to the president, and he even let her screen all of his mail, so she truly was the gatekeeper. 
She gave withering assessments of his cabinet, his other politicians, and diplomats. Edith escorted Woodrow Wilson to the Versailles Peace Treaty Conference, and she was a confidant of hers during the Versailles negotiations. However, in October 1919, with more than 12 months left in his presidential term, Wilson suffered a massive stroke, incapacitating him. He was brought back to the White House. Edith stepped into the breach. She wouldn't consider letting her husband resign in favor of the vice president. She called her role the quote-unquote stewardship, and she misled the entire nation. When cabinet members came to confer with the president, they got no further than Edith. She would take the papers that they brought, she would take them into the president, she would then, in her own hand, scribble indecipherable margin notes, purporting to be notes by the president, initial them, supposedly on behalf of the president, and return them to the cabinet secretaries. After the presidency, she was very open about her stewardship, which she exercised for 17 months. She actively had the Secretary of State fired for insubordination. So for all intents and purposes, Edith Wilson took over as acting president when, when that role had not even been defined in the U.S. Constitution. Fast forward to the latter part of the 20th century, Nancy Reagan, who was always protective of her beloved husband, Ronnie, ran interference for him with his aides, his political aides, and she was always his eyes and ears politically, starting as governor of California in the 1960s. She always saw Ronald Reagan as being vulnerable, being too nice, and nobody ever accused Nancy of being nice. She was many things, but she was never accused of being nice. So she was his eyes and ears, and she was ruthless in using her observations and sharing those observations with Ronald Reagan. By the 1980s, when Reagan was president, and it was apparent to all that he was slowing down both physically and mentally, Nancy stepped in even more publicly. During the Iran-Contra scandal that jeopardized her husband's presidency, she saw to it that the chief of staff, Don Regan, who had been the chairman of Merrill Lynch, was fired for overseeing the West Wing during those turbulent days. She eventually turned to a San Francisco astrologer to help her make decisions and calendar choices for the president in the closing years of the Reagan administration. There is a much-watched video clip of Ronald Reagan and Nancy standing in front of their Santa Inez ranch in the Santa Barbara Mountains. Asked a question by the press, President Reagan was nonplussed. He didn't have an answer for them. Nancy quickly, but in a barely audible whisper, told Reagan what to say 
and he parroted her words. Nancy was one of the least popular first ladies, in part because she was seen as usurping the power of a very popular president, and she was none, she was none too subtle about it either. The 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says that if the president becomes unable to do the job, the vice president becomes the president. This can happen if the president is sick or disabled for a short time, or it can also happen if the president dies, resigns, or loses his job. Further, if there is a further, there is a clause which is none too specific, which allows for the president to be declared unfit to do his job. And that then permits the vice president to become acting president. It also permits the appointment of a replacement vice president. It is that clause and the lack of specificity about that clause in the 25th Amendment, which sets the conspiracy theorist on fire. The 25th Amendment was adopted in 1967 after the assassination of President Kennedy in 1963. The 25th Amendment was invoked in 1973 for the first time when Gerald Ford was appointed vice president by then President Nixon and confirmed by Congress. It was used a second time in 1974 when then President Gerald Ford appointed Vice President Rockefeller as vice president. In the 1980s, Reagan ceded his power as president temporarily to Vice President George Bush when he was undergoing surgery. Speaker Nancy Pelosi during the 2020 campaign and it was it was in October, a couple of weeks before the election. She dusted off the 25th Amendment, and she had a congressional subcommittee review the mechanisms for declaring a president unfit to serve as president. And she did that during the heat of a presidential campaign. And while a Republican, an opponent, Donald Trump, was president. But the findings of that subcommittee, which is still looking at the 25th Amendment, could as easily apply to an infirm President Biden. The Biden family has been at Joe Biden's side throughout his long political career that began in 1972. His wife, Jill, will continue her career as a teacher, but she has always been a right-hand advisor to Joe Biden. Biden's sister, Valerie, has played a key role as a political advisor, consigliere, if you wish, to the president-elect, and his brother, Jim Biden, has watched out for the president-elect's business interest. Hunter Biden, whom we all know, the son, played a similar role in the past. Remains to be seen whether he will resume that role in the Biden White House. But rest assured, Jill, Valerie, Jim, and Hunter will continue to guard all access to Joe Biden once he is ensconced in the White House. Further, 
they saw the role that Biden himself played as vice president to President Obama. And they will take their cues from that experience for the good and for the bad. Don't forget the old Washington adage about the vice president. He or she, their primary role every morning when they get up is to go to the president's secretary and to inquire about the good health of the president every morning. The role of the vice president is a derivative one. The vice president's powers, with the exception of being president pro, pro tem of the Senate to break ties, are not specifically spelled out. And again, the role of the president is dependent on the president choosing to include them or not to include them in key decisions. FDR, for instance, told Vice President Harry Truman nothing about the plans for the atomic bomb. And Barbara Bush famously acidly described President Reagan and Mrs. Reagan to have treated her and George Bush like the hired help. And Vice President George Bush himself described the job as involving going to funerals in Paraguay. So the likelihood of a very ambitious vice president usurping power, and rest assured, Kamala's political career and history is one of unrequited ambition. However, the likelihood of a vice president usurping power is far-fetched at best. And in the case of the Biden family, is even more far-fetched than it might be with other presidencies. But like all good conspiracy theories, this one regarding President Harris has been created unwittingly by both Joe Biden's actions and Kamala's remarks. The conspiracy theorists have taken their cues from the principles to create a conspiracy theory which will likely dog the new administration for the next four years. My sources for today's podcast include the San Francisco Chronicle, Biography.com, the U.S. Constitution, and the History Channel. This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, signing off from America's favorite city, San Francisco. Thank you.